Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Lots of pre-owned inventory. will go along with the excellent sales staff that's there to help you, whether you're buying a brand-new car or a pre-owned vehicle. And, of course, an excellent service department as well for whatever needs you need for your current vehicle, whether it's a state inspection, whether you need an oil change, got to get that big car part fixed up. They got it for you. That's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Matt Leon today on the latest with... Ben Simmons, will he or will he not get moved? This game of chicken that continues between the Nets and Daryl Morey as the Sixers try to maybe bring in James Harden from the Nets. We'll talk to him about that with the latest. Sounds like Seth Curry needs to be involved in the deal if they're going to make a deal before the deadline. If not, you wait to the summer. I don't know how I would feel about that, giving up Seth Curry in the deal. He's been tremendous for the Sixers when healthy. So I, I think there's that. So I would have a mixed feelings on, on that for the Sixers. On one hand, of course, you know the capabilities of James Harden, but at the same time, he has been kind of dreadful this year. But I think that is ultimately because of the situation he's in with Brooklyn, not really knowing his role. There's a lot of stuff off the court with Kyrie Irving and his COVID vaccination status. Durant's been hurt, and that's clearly Durant's team, I think. I really didn't get the move of Harden other than you just add another star to the mix. So, and and I think I'd be cautiously optimistic if that uh, James Harden would give the Sixers an extra boost to maybe put them over the top. A little weary giving away a guy like Seth Curry, but I guess I would rather do that than give up a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who's clearly your future. Uh, I don't know. That's that's a really complicated situation. We'll ash it out with Matt Leon today at uh, a little bit later on in the show. Neil Coolong back with us as well. Interesting new- news from the Steelers today. Scheduled to interview ESPN commentator Lewis Riddick for the vacant GM job. Of course, he lacked wor- last worked in the NFL with the Eagles as their director of pro personnel in 2013. Of course, connections to the city, former Pitt player. So that is a very interesting 
thought process there for the Steelers. And, I mean, it sounds like they'll still stay internal, especially since Kevin Colbert is staying through the draft. And, really, this is a prime example of why the Steelers are playing with fire here and waiting to make a move after Kevin Colbert leaves after, after the draft. Because now, here you're bringing in what I view as a high-profile guy in Lewis Riddick. And you wouldn't want to bring him in right away. You want to keep Kevin Colbert, who's going to go out the door and determine your next draft? Especially when it's the year after ben, Big Ben retires. You're going into the first year of the post-Big Ben era. I don't know how I feel about that. That seems a little sketchy to me. If you have a chance to bring in Lewis Riddick and he impresses you, as I would think he should, with his plethora of knowledge and his expertise as a front office guy, and you got a chance to bring him in now, then you better do it. And then maybe you can hire your in-house guys, move one of them up to like an assistant role. I don't know if that's the Steelers' exact plans. I'm kind of spitballing here. But the bottom line is, if the Steelers are going to bring in anybody outside, but especially a guy like Lewis Riddick, you got to do it now. Absolutely have to do it now. You cannot wait till after the draft. When there's so many holes on this team to fill, and just overall, you want the new GM to come in, take charge, take the new direction that he or she wants to put the team in. just doesn't make sense to me. But that's really interesting, so we'll see how that plays out. I still, I still think the Steelers, it sounds like it too, that they'll stick with their in-house candidates. But it's interesting they're bringing him in, one. And then two, assuming that he impresses him, impresses, that is, that is certainly a very interesting new dynamic into this. And that would make the Steelers probably think long and hard about just upping somebody in-house. So that's that's interesting. And then, of course, tonight, moving to college hoops. First of all, a wild night last night, by the way, with the ending of the Virginia-Duke game, the ending of the Texas-Kansas game. Uncharacteristic law, uh, bad losses by both Kansas and Duke, who have been pretty outstanding so far have been pretty consistent. They both make some mistakes in the final minute and final seconds in Duke's case and lose some tough ones there in conference play. Duke at home, Kansas on the road at Texas. But of course tonight at the Bryce Jordan Center, you got Penn State hosting Michigan for the first time since 2019. We all know what happened last time that happened. That was a big win for Penn State. <laughs> White out tonight, Steve. Sounds like I'm pumped. Should be a good one. And I think this is a very winnable game for Penn State. I don't know what you think, but. The first time in 29 years that Jawan Howard's been back here. How about that? You have that, too. Mm-hmm. Fab Five. Played in Rec Hall. Jawan Howard. Jalen Rose. Chris Weber. Jimmy King. Ray Jackson. Penn State had, been, had come off that uh, really a game they were they were robbed <laughs> the double overtime loss to Indiana 
And you're honest with you. You can do one or two things after a loss like that. You can come out and say, you know, hey, we're pretty good. We can play with anybody and then prove it. Or you're going to be like, oh, and that affects you the next game. And Penn State did not play well against Michigan that night. Um, now, to be honest with you, Juwan Howard didn't play well that night. When they went to Michigan the next year, and it was down to the four guys, because Weber had already gone to the NBA, Howard played really well out there. Well, when the Fab Five played here in Rec Hall, I think Juwan had, I think, 10. Weber had 20. Ray Jackson threw a ball off the backboard, and Weber dunked it. I'm like going, okay, well. The pregame was something else. Because in the pregame, in Rec Hall now, where Press Row is, is flipped from where it was when I broadcast the games in there. So Press Row, when I did the games, would be on the Nittany Lions Shrine side of Rec Hall. So they were warming up to my right. And Rec Hall is an interesting place. Oh, you know, it's like, you know, the sidelines are right on top of the player. I mean, it is right on top of the players. But the end zones at Rec Hall stink. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's not, yeah, sorry, you got to be, I mean, it's, I swear the people the, the, that they romanticize the place, um, Uh, but the end zones aren't great. And the stands are further back on the one side. And so that's the side where Michigan's warming up. The students are all out on the floor ringing the area because this was the basketball version of the Beatles. And, you know, they put on a little bit of a show for everybody. For the most part that night, they they toyed with Penn State. The final ended up being 80 to 70, 10. But they kind of toyed with them most of the night. And Juwan hasn't been back since. We'll see how these students respond tonight, by the way. It's 9 o'clock. It's more their hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big game for both teams. They're eleven and nine, five and five in the league. The other day against Purdue, Purdue is the better team, the better team, the better team. They can't shake them. They couldn't shake Michigan. They were the better, and Purdue is a better team. Couldn't shake them. Give uh, Michigan a lot of credit for that. Dickinson's at 24 or better in each of the last three games. Dickinson has a better outside shot than last year. That really helps him moving forward in life. And he's a tough guy to defend for this reason. He's ambidextrous. He is just as competent going left as he is going right. Tough guy to defend when it's you're not just a one-trick guy. 
Uh, Jones, the point guard's a veteran, gives them some stability. Brooks I really like. He can hit some shots, and he's a really good defender. And the Houston kid, uh, the freshman, is, as time has gone, he's played better and better as the season's gone along. He's been, you know, and so he has started to play up to the level people thought he might, might be able to achieve. They don't really have much of a bench. And Terrence Williams is okay. Juwan's kid, Jace, plays. Um, um, Brandon Johns, decent. But their bench is okay. It really is the five starters that has to get it done for them. And I think Penn State's going to go with the same starting line that they've had the last two games. I think it's going to be Dallian Johnson, Miles Dredd, uh, Jalen Pickett, uh, Seth Lundy, and John Harrow. So that's how it'll play out tonight. Any complaints on your part? I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's... I mean, is the suit even watching the Olympics? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a given. That's the only given about these Olympics. Yeah, I, am, multi- I am a little frustrated, I do have to say. The U.S. is one thing, but I just think everything that I've been hearing, just I'm a little frustrated with these Olympics, and I had a feeling I was going to be, considering the circumstances, too. But I got to say... These are not great. I'll still watch because Lisa loves them. Doesn't doesn't matter what's going on, so she'll watch. So I'm gonna watch. But I gotta say, I'm pretty frustrated with how things have been so far. I have not watched um, a minute of it. It was on in the. Uh, it was on in uh, when we were in the lobby at. Uh, Wisconsin, and I was, you know, waiting for them to finish up eating. Dick and I were watching the Purdue-Michigan game, uh, but um, um, and it was adjacent to a bar, and they had the Olympics on in the bar. I glanced over. I don't even know what it was on. Maybe short track speed skating. Maybe I don't know. I went, oh, that's all I've seen so far. Now I've been a little busy. As I said going in, I was going to be busy. Um, but I have not... Uh, I haven't watched it at all yet. They've got a lot of problems. Uh, NBC does. Number one, the United States isn't doing well. They have five medals so far, four silver and a bronze. Yes, Nathan Chen evidently came up with a big performance to get started immense figure skating, but that's been him. Uh, Michaela Schifrin has fallen. Um, didn't help. The United States has no star power. Nathan Chen, Michaela Schifrin. That's the star power. There is no star power after that. Even the U.S. women's hockey team, which evidently outplayed Canada last night, still lost 4-2. And yeah. Uh, so that part isn't there. The time difference, which is 13 hours, is just a just. We all have phones. We all have devices now. We know what the results are. We know we know the U.S. isn't doing well. We all know ahead of time this is not going to Seoul in '88, where there aren't any devices, and you kind of hear maybe somebody did well during the day or didn't do well. Uh, but you really had to wait till 8 o'clock at night to actually see it when they packaged it for you. 
Now we know the results ahead of time. We're a live society now. This would, this is the equivalent of them playing the Super Bowl at eight o'clock in the morning, and they're going to tape delay till six thirty on Sunday night. Uh, how, how many people people are going to watch it then, knowing the result? Not. I mean, that's a big problem. I mean, most of the announcers are in Stanford, Connecticut. The announcers aren't over there. Mike Tirico is going to finish up, I don't know, today or tomorrow. He's flying back to L.A. Guess what? He's not going back. Did you know that? Not going back. Yeah, I didn't know that until you mentioned that yesterday. So there's yeah. literally, literally going to be no on-air talent at the Olympics after this weekend. Well, no, they'll have, for example, the, the interviewers will be there. Okay. Like, for example, Andrea Joyce will be there and people like that, the people interviewing the athletes. But the play-by-play people are all in Connecticut. And look, and let, let's not, okay, and let's not discount the elephant in the room. There are a lot of people that are turned off by where the Olympics are. Yep. Okay? And if you if you don't mention it, that it's a factor, you're not doing your, you know, you're not awake or doing your job. It, you know, I didn't say it's the only factor. It is a factor. And I look out my yard, I got snow all over the place. They have no snow there. It's all man-made. Really? Which is part of my frustration with this, especially when it comes to the skiing because that's where the U.S. has had a lot of issues with their athletes. The conditions there are awful. Too oh, icy. They, the snow well, they, stinks. Well, the conditions are the same for everybody, Matt. All right. So I it's, know. Okay, so it's, you know, it's not like it goes against one for another. But it's it's not, hey, there's no snow there. I mean, today, <laughs> I decided to get some winter service done on my, um, you know, they do a winter special on, you know, for your tractor. So I call up today over at Lamp Pro over at the Center Hall. And she says, uh, do you need us to pick it up, Steve, or do you, uh, uh, or can you bring it over? I said, well, I, no, I said, this is a good time to get it done. I said, I noticed that, I, I said, since I can't see my grass right now, she starts laughing. She said, I don't think you're going to be cutting anything right now. It's a perfect time to do it. Right? <laughs> it's all snow. I got snow. Beijing doesn't. Uh, and, then I said, she said, you're going to have us pick it up or are you going to bring it over? I said, I think you better pick it up. I said, if I bring it over, it's going to be a long, slow drive. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15. Numbers are working online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15. Numbers are and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Trading's never been worth more in that service department. I don't care if it's inspections or routine or diagnostics. They handle all of it. It is all at Sunbury Motors 
Worth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. It's one-stop vehicle shopping. Another difficult day for Matt. Lots of complaints. <laughs> Just on the Olympics, that's all. Well, again, the, the when I look back, there's there's a commonality of problems, and then there's new issues. And the commonality of problems okay, would be third straight Olympics in a part of the world that's hours ahead of we, where we are. So I believe Beijing is 13 hours ahead of us. So right now it's, what, 4.37 in the morning there? Yep. And well, that's a problem. Okay? As I said, it's like having the Super Bowl at 8 in the morning and then we're expected to watch it at 6.30 at night like it's live on tape. We don't do that. It's 2022. Who does that? Nobody, nobody does that anymore. When it's live, they watch it. And there's an excitement to not knowing. I mean, we have no idea how Sunday's going to turn out. That's the other issue, too. The Super Bowl is the same time as the Olympics. All right. Yeah, it's the two biggest events the same day. Guess what? People, you know, the difference between a good rating and an awesome rating is the casual fan. Hey, the diehard football fan's going to be there for the game no matter what on Sunday. It's the casual fan that's going to make it $100 million on the audience. They're, you know, People may not be familiar with the Bengals, but they know who Joe Burrow is. Maybe they know a little bit about Jamar Chase. Maybe not so much um, Joe Mixon, the running back, but they know who Joe Burrow is. And they know Aaron Donald is. And Matthew Stafford, maybe a little bit of Cooper Cup. Ramsey talks enough, so they might know about him. But the game has star power. Even the Bengals don't have a lot of star power, but they got Joe Burrow. What do the Olympics have? Where's the star power? Nathan Chen did really well. Okay. Michaela Schifrin fell. And the U.S. women's hockey team, despite playing really well, didn't win. There's no draw on star, star power. Most people are like, who, what? They don't know. Next, you know, it's, and the next issue comes up with it. Because the last live Olympics was real. That was six years ago. Six years since you had a live Olympics. They've gone South Korea, Tokyo, Beijing. I mean, you go where where they want them. I mean, I understand that because they're the ones bidding. Again, Kazakhstan was the one that Beijing beat out. So you're going to have this issue no matter what. And then let's face it, there's the elephant in the room, and that is there are some people that have an issue with, with... how China conducts its everyday business. And that's going to play a role. It's the way it goes. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Now, when they get to Paris, nah, it might be a little different feeling, Paris. It's six hours ahead, I believe. 
Hopefully Paris is six hours ahead. But you got more chance of live events. You know, it's, it makes a... Yeah, to me, it makes a difference. And this is, I mean, there's no star power, and the, and the people that are supposed to be stars in this thing aren't, aren't getting it done. Can't help that. Patrick Mahomes in the second half didn't get it done for the Chiefs, but you know, but it was still like down to the last series of the game. All right, uh, trade deadline. There've been some trades. C.J. McCollum got dealt today to the New Orleans Pelicans, and Sabonis got dealt as well by the Pacers. What about Ben Simmons? Let's go to Philadelphia and check in with Matt Leon, sir. Welcome. Hi, good to be with you. All right, trade deadline comes up Thursday. Okay, what say you? What is your best guess on Ben Simmons' stay or go? Uh, my gut tells me that they'll do something just to kind of be done with this. But now you're starting to read that it's more and more likely that they will keep Ben Simmons. Now I know 90% of what's written now, if not more, is posturing from agents and organizations <laughs> trying to get themselves in the best spot. Yeah. Um, but I really, from a Sixer standpoint, I, I would want to be done with this. And even if you can only acquire, you know, uh, a couple of role players, if you can find someone that will take this off your hands, get a couple of players you can plug in right now and try to win a title with Joel Embiid at the top of his game, I think you you go for it. Obviously, there's the James Harden angle that keeps bubbling up and keeps bubbling up. Uh, and I think it's a, a possibility much more now than I did say a couple weeks ago. But uh, why is that? Why is that, Matt? I'm, su- I'm a little surprised. Why is that? Uh, you just you're, you're hearing things coming from it seems like the Brooklyn end that they'd be more open to it. Uh, and I think you could probably because Brooklyn's in kind of a tough spot with him. It doesn't seem like he's overly happy to be there. Uh, and I. I Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he has a player option for next season. I believe he does, yes. So if he declines that, good chance they're going to lose him for nothing in the summer. Uh, and Ben Simmons is under contract till 2025, I think, mm-hmm. uh, because he signed an extension in 2019. Um, so you'd have a chance to get a dynamic young player who – Obviously flawed and obviously with a lot of baggage, but uh, I don't think it would be hard to convince yourself that uh, having him for the next five years could be a good thing. Because what the Nets have lost eight in a row? Does that sound right? Something like that. Uh, yeah, they seem to have their issues, and <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think if you look at the Sixers, you're only going to get Joel Embiid at this level. I would say best case scenario. Best case is like three years after this. Um, and I just, I, I think you have to look at everything through the prism of it's, you have to find a way to win a ring while he's at his peak. You don't want to turn into one of the tragic NBA stories to have this, uh, <laughs> this player at that position that can do what he can do. And oh, by the way, they never won anything. Mm-hmm. And so. I think you want to find a way to move on from the Ben Simmons thing because honestly, I don't. I really don't think most of the fan base cares what you get 
in return at this point. Right. I mean, I, I think they just want to be done with it. And I don't think you're going to – usually when you're in a situation where you're trading a young star, you're kind of worried about, well, five years, could we look bad that we gave up one? I don't think you're going to get that. I think most – people are really with the organization no matter what you get and just want to move on from this and not have to worry about him anymore. Because they they have a player in Joel Embiid who is a generational player. Mm -hmm. So let let me ask you, when you watch the Sixers play, what type of player is the missing ingredient? Um, I would like to see someone that can complement them offensively. Uh, you're starting to see Maxi really develop into a special player. Mm-hmm. And special player to the point where I don't think, because he was the name you would hear thrown around as Ben Simmons and Maxi to get James Harden. I don't think that's an option anymore. I don't. I think he is untouchable uh, because of what the relationship he has with Embiid and what he means uh, to their success on the floor. Uh, I would just like depth, uh, maybe someone else, someone that can get their own shot. Uh, I think you can never have too many shooters, Um, you know, and depth. And I think if you can – Find, I'm, if you can find somebody to do that, and, you know, James Harden can do just about anything he wants offensively. Mm-hmm. And if you were to pair somebody like that with what Joel can do, that's a pretty lethal combination. Yeah, the only the, the biggest issue I've always had with Harden has been simple. He's such a ball-centric guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why with the Nets it's been a tough fit because you have a lot of ball-centric guys on the same team. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see how ball centric he is having Embiid on the floor because Embiid's the guy that takes you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be that could be a serious problem in the bigger term, longer term. Yeah. But I think in the short term, where you say, "All right, we have Joel Embiid playing." at a level we haven't seen in this sport in decades. And we've got a window to win a championship. This guy is good, special, and we can plug him into our group with Embiid and hopefully get us over the top. And then maybe in a year or two, this thing explodes. But if we get the ring, it's worth it. Right. Because, I mean, Ben Simmons is never going to play a game with Philadelphia no, again. No, so, I, I, don't think any, I don't think anybody on either side wants that. Right. <laughs> like, well, I think that, everybody has just had enough of this. And that's why you can, that's why you, would that's, be relentless. Oh, oh, he'd get crushed. I, I can't even imagine what it would be like. Because I think in most situations, there would be a forgive and forget, and, hey, you know, we could be a better team with him. So we'll put this – I. Every step, literally every step since this whole drama started, I have not understood what the Simmons camp is trying to do. Every time I think they can't put themselves in a worse position, a leak comes out that makes them look even worse. And I don't know who's giving him, who's speaking. I don't know who's giving, who's in his ear, but it is really completely out of touch with the 
with what's going on on the ground. Yeah, it comes to a head this week. That's why we're bringing it up now, because what Thursday is the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, Karis LeVert just went uh, from the Pacers to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in a deal. Uh, so that's why you're asking these questions. And when it comes to Ben Simmons, look, he's never going to play there again. He doesn't want to play there again. So I might as well get something for him anywhere because just get something. Because yeah, you're, no, I, you're, you're going to get low-balled by everybody. They know you have no choice. And I, like I said, I'm at the point where I really don't care that much about that. Get get what you can, put this to bed, try to go win a championship. I mean, because you know, Embiid has carried them to 30. Now, Maxie's been really good, but he's carried them to 32 and 21. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you you watch him, you know, 40 points is something special. And he puts those games up. Oh. And like it's nothing. And it's really hard to not start to take for granted some of the things he does because he makes it look so easy and it happens so often. But it is incredible what you're seeing with him. So I think, you know, like I said, you're only going to have him at this level for so long before he starts to physically break down because of the way he plays and just his size. So, you know, I'm not making any deal thinking, well, this will, in two years, we'll be able to do this, or this will lengthen the window. I'm trying, what am I doing to make myself better right now? Let's do it. Here's one other point about this team. Why are they so much better on the road? I don't know. I mean, they're eighteen and ten on the road. They're fourteen eleven at home. Yeah, I I think that's. I don't know. I don't have anything to offer you. No, I'm uh, just I'm just throwing it out there. It's like yeah. one of those like weird facts. It's like that it makes no sense. I it, it, one thing that's possible, and I'm just throwing this off the top of my head. No one relishes being the villain more than Joel Embiid. Yeah. Like he lives mm-hmm. to. Yeah. You know, ruin everybody else's day from a you know, in a good nature standpoint right, of yeah. basketball, and you know he. Not, and I don't say that saying like, well, he's only he's he's averaging twelve points more on the road or home now, but he might even take it to another level in close games on the road because he just mm-hmm. relishes the ability to to be the bad guy like that. Yeah, because right now the hot teams in the East. Toronto's won five in a row. The Celtics have won five in a row. They're the hot teams in the East. The Nets, okay, the Nets are Antarctica. They've lost eight in a row. So, yeah. Crazy. I thought the Knicks were impressive in the second half against the Lakers, too. Uh, so, <laughs> they're, they're back under 500. They're back, like, well, back being the Knicks. All right. Yeah. In the end, as I've always said, and I know you said it, too, Teams remember who they are. All right. <laughs> no, absolutely. All right. Hey, fun conversation. Appreciate it. It's, I mean, his situation is as wacky as any I've seen. It, it, no, it absolutely is. And it's amazing how we've gotten here and how quickly we've gotten here. <laughs> Talented guy that doesn't appear to work on his game. And. Uh, I don't think I can play. Like, oh, no, nah, and I think it all comes back to he he's work. a guy who can't handle criticism. Right. He's and, soft from that standpoint. Well, and, he shouldn't be in that city. <laughs> 
right? No, I, I agree, but I think, and that that comes back to like you hear what's coming out of his camp, like where yeah, I forget which article it was that he acknowledged that he that he did not answer Doc Rivers' texts and calls, but he still thought that Doc Rivers should just show up at the gym where he was working out. And you're like, who thinks like that? Like that they're owed that level of deference when it's just, you know, he just, he's, you know, there, there, there's a lot to unpack there, yeah. but I think it just all kind of stems from the fact he's a guy that probably has never really had to deal with criticism right. and doesn't know how to process it. I don't care who makes how much money. There's still the title of coach and player. Mm-hmm. The player has to get back to the coach when he's texted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, that's just yeah. common sense, common courtesy, and the way the structure needs to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on everything. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate you very much as always. Thanks, Matt. My pleasure. Matt Leon in Philadelphia. Not only will Ben Simmons never play for the Sixers again, I don't think he'll ever play a game in Philadelphia again. I don't think he could take it. No, he wouldn't. I don't think he could take it. So. No. Oh. Also on the dope list. It's a bizarre situation of another guy that doesn't want to play in your city. It's a long list. All right. Have you noticed? Notice how the list grows longer? But notice the theme with those players. Yeah, Reggie White. Internal issues themselves. Reggie White? No. Most of them, not all of them. Mm, I thought I'd bring that one up. That didn't go well for you. All right. Uh, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. Mm, mm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Abaji with it. Ochai Abaji, the lob slipped out of his hand. Now Texas back the other way. Carr looking for some space into the paint. Allen, free throw line. Kansas calls time. Texas by a point. 18.5 to go. Great win for Texas last night, especially after their loss at Texas Tech. The bounce back like that, and Kansas has been hot. Kansas has been playing great basketball. And Virginia last night beat Duke. Hitting a three with .7 to go. A little more exciting than watching 
somebody slide down a hill and miss a gate. All right. J.J. Walk, quote of the week. I've seen walkthroughs more intense than this. Hashtag Pro Bowl. (laughs) All right. Neil Kulong, next half hour, more Matt Rance. 